Hi everyone, welcome back to the Words with Dragons podcast. Today we're going to be looking at 106 for an episode commentary slash watch along. This is one of my favorite episodes in season one. Um, it's one of the two episodes along with like 105 that I call the foundational Realm eps. So I'll probably have a lot more to ramble about once we're done the episode and we'll probably talk a lot about Realm throughout, but we're also going to get to touch on things like Esmond having the brain cell, Claudia and Soren, um, and sort of their arc starting with Viren. And so as always, it's going to be on the count of three, one, two, three, play. Um, and I start from the beginning of the episode so that if you want to watch or listen along or something like that, you can. And uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Start with the recap. So one, two, three, play. For a second, I was like, did I accidentally mute my laptop? But I did not. So it all worked out. And I'm all ready with my drink. Um, and I've actually been re-watching The Dragon Prince pretty consistently recently. I'm re-watching it with one of my loved ones. And then I was also introducing one of my loved ones to the show for the first time. So we just started season three with both. Um, it's been really fun. I always forget about the binding because it's such like that and the primal stone are like such season one things to me. And because they're both off by the end of the season, um, I do find it interesting that we have like Soren's like one good moment with Callum, juxtaposed with Claudia's like dark magic moment. Um, like the primal stone and the binding are such season one things. So it's kind of like, although they're really important to the season in terms of thinking about them as like a fandom, by the end of the season, they're like already dealt with. Um, and so you just don't really like think about it. Meanwhile, it's kind of like similar to why like Zim being in an egg is weird because like if there was a season before season one, we probably would be like, oh my God, you know, the primal stone where I had introduced those elements, we would probably think about them a lot more. And it's also one of the reasons why I love writing stuff set during season one. I think it's such a fun, interesting, um, funny, really intense part of the character's lives, especially for Cal and Real and their relationship. So chapter six, Through the Ice, this is probably in my top three season one episodes. Yeah, for sure. Oh, the scenery is so pretty. Oh my God, the sandwich joke is in this one. Oh, my poor sweetheart and her binding. I'm just gonna stare at the scenery though. <gasps> Corvus! I know he's here for a bad reason, but like, I love him so fucking much. And Ezra always sleeping with bait is so sweet and just, yeah. So real, okay, so I'm assuming that either realist light sleeper or elves have better hearing in general. I wouldn't be surprised if it's the form, not the former, the latter. Oh, and the deer scene. Ooh, eventually I'll get to write my real Claudia foils meta because I do, I, I also always laugh though at how much they change the deer design from season one to season two. Like it's such a small thing, but they really are very different. It's, I don't know, it cracks me up. She's so wholesome. Real is a Disney princess. Thanks, little buddy. But my hand's got a problem and you can't move away. Yeah. Oh, uh, Spotty Corvus. I do love Corvus's like weapons though. I've, I don't consume as much fantasy as maybe I should, but I've never seen a weapon quite like this, especially not in something like animation. Um, again, I don't watch anime, so I might be there in anime all the time. I just don't know. Um, but I love Corvus. He's the perfect man. 
Oh my god. I still can't believe they got this joke past the radar because like he literally is holding the baguette over his crotch and it's just it's a lot. That being said, I would really love in season four if there's a scene of Callum dreaming of real and not necessarily in this way. But just in general. Oh my god. Yeah. They knew exactly what they were doing. I do love this conversation though, because it's like he likes her and he wants to trust her so badly. Hey, I like her too. Life changing. But he can still tell that she's lying, even when like Renan couldn't. And like, good job, Ezra. And like, and Callum can, can, yeah, he just knows. Like, he just knows her. And like, he doesn't want to be stingy with her but he feels like he doesn't have any other option and like it's so good she just wants to protect her boys she doesn't know so i'm just gonna pause for one second oh my god there was something moving in my house and i was like it's the dog hi sweetie <sighs> thought the door was opening okay pressing play again sorry about that you guys oh you scared me I do love that Corvus, like, he's not violent. And I also love that, like, Raylo, again, repeats Callum's words here. And, like, friendship is synonymous with trust for her. This together. And I do love that, like, it, it hits really hard to see. Yeah, culpability. Um, but it hits really hard to see Rayla having this sort of thing where she believes in them so much. Juxtaposed with Callum being like, oh, I don't know if you can trust her. Um... But I think it's so crucial because she's a jerk to them for the rest of the episode. So it's like, and Callum's the one who says that they're friends face-to-face -face first. But again, we're going to talk a lot about that later. I do love Corvus. The Rayla and Cliffs continues. It's one of her reoccurring motifs. Oh, she already cares about them so much. I'm like, Rayla, it's been like four days, sweetie. What are you doing? Has it been less? I mean, 103... It was the night and then 104 105 it's this is day 2.5 it's been 2.5 days corvus i love you i do hope we get to see real and corvus have like a moment of friendship at one point we already get to see some of that in like season two but i would love to see more ezrin i do love that Cal's picking up firewood too for like the camp not the dirty truck reason Oh, Callum, sweetie. Oh, my God. I do think this is sweet, though. Like, I do picture that Callum would sit Ezra down and give him, like, the talk. Um, and he would be totally fine with that. And then he starts dating Rails, and that's a lot awkward. But he's like, I can't let Sori give the talk. And then Corvus is the one who actually does when Ezra's, like, 13. Um, and no one can change my mind. And he's so, like, focused on her. Mm, delicious. <laughs> oh, Rayla. And again, it's like, he has every right to want an explanation. She's being a jerk. And he still trusts her to go. And just, Esmond's so fucking precious. But yeah, he's not pleased either. But, like, Callum is so distracted by Rilla that he just, like, completely forgets the food they need to live. 
I don't know why, but this part always cracks me up. And it really is just like Jesse's delivery, I think. But it's so fucking good. Oh my god. That being said, this is such a pretty location. And I do like that this is one of the points where Viren does try to meet Soren halfway. This evening, you and your sister depart on a mission. And I like how they both assume that, like, oh yeah, their dad's like worried, like they're gonna find them, no problem. Like it shows that, like, they had no reason to think really that Viren, like Viren, starting to really go down this path is recent, and I think that's very indicative of how things were before Hero's death. No idea what nuance is. Soren is Tumblr and Twitter. This is, I do think, even with season three in mind, that this is one of the worst things Viren ever does. Because um, not just him attacking the Sun Virals and killing Kessa is like terrible, that's still like political, it's not personal on her side or his side, you know, like it's whatever. But this is like, hey, you know the kids you've known since they were like four or like born? You have to murder them. And it's like, holy fuck. I do, I do love how much they bicker in the beginning, even though they're not actually argumentative. And again, one of the things in Layla, Soren and Ezrin, oh, Soren, Calum and Ezrin's all their little glances and stuff. Riella always picks the harder path for herself, and she doesn't have to when it's a consistent character beat. Yes, Ezrin, complain. Go off, sweetie, to Ezrin, not to Riella. Oh, and the framing with the binding in between, but she won't say what it means. It's so good. Um, don't be, don't be mean to my boy. And you know, like how really they get mad at each other. Okay, whatever. If any, if either of them gets to be with Ezrin, it's like. Excuse me. Um. Aw, Soren. Oh my god. This I didn't love Soren in season one, but I didn't dislike him either. Too much? Like, I, I always liked him as a character, even though I didn't always like him as, like, a person. Like a seesaw. And... Oh, it's so good. And I do, again, Viren's a bad parent, but he does try. Like, he could have just ridiculed Soren for that, but he's aware that, like, hey, this is how my kid's understanding it. So, yeah, I'm just going to roll with it. And the fact that, like, weakness is synonymous with badness. And, like, again, like, I feel like Rayla and Viren are really defined by the concept of strength and weakness, even over the idea of power in some ways, um, which Callum is way more concerned with. But it's so fucked up. Mm -hmm. We just are enough plausible deniability. Yeah, Thorne, you're a good boy. It also speaks to his trust in his dad that he doesn't question this more, you know? And, like, you think of his speech in, like, 308, where it's, like... It's also, like, the one time Soren initiates physical contact with him and, like, calls him his son. And it's just, like... Viren, you're so... Oh, God. Burden, okay. But the implication that Viren was, like... See, I don't think that, like, I think Viren was being genuine in that, because so, 
Rilla winks at him, and I don't know why. It's a fucking amazing. Um, but like, and I like how she could just be like fond or angry, but like she's just like, oh my god, this is hilarious, and it's so good. And how angry he gets, like his face is just so done, and it always makes me laugh. Um, and I do love the gentle ribbing, but like, I do think that Viren knew that it's like. Soren isn't tempted by power. He never wanted to be king. He never wanted to be a prince. Like, that's not, like, a thing. Um, <laughs> but, like, but Viren still thinks that this is, like, I, I think Viren was being honest that he intended for Soren and probably thought he would still be in charge of Soren or that, like, Claudia would really weigh in on things. But, yeah. I like how Callum is immediately, like, wasn't me first because... <laughs> obvious um oh bait this is funny though because this is like this is one of two times in the series that Ezra and really come close to like throwing hands and it's so i don't know it amuses me for once Callum just gets to stand there while they bicker um which is to say that like this episode really does trust like test the trio like Callum and Ezra are at odds Ezra and oh, See, I always was like, I don't know how to interpret this except for flirting, because he looks really sad when she reacts poorly to it. And then Jack Decenda used the exact same tone in 307 um, for the flirty scene there. And I was like, so I'm right. I felt so vindicated. Oh, Ezra. And I love how, again, Rayla gets annoyed and Callum is just like, she's so cute. He just smiles at her. And he's just amused. Well, Ezra's like confused. And it's like, you'll understand when you're older, buddy. Um, and again, like Claudia having this scene with the mirror, I think is important because it's like foreshadowing her own connection that she'll have to Erebos like later and that will exist both like adjacently and separately from her relationship with her dad and her relationship and like the relationship between Viren and Erebos and stuff like that. It looks like a snake tongue, which is interesting. Um, like snake symbolism was probably one of the more consistent ones for both like snake and bugs for Claudia and Viren. So I'm curious to see like, she's even like, like the mirror put her on notice. Right. And I'm like, we're all like, Oh my God, she's an idiot. But like, we'll probably come back as foreshadowing and we'll be like, Oh my God. Um, Oh, Viren. But God, that was my point. But yeah, so this episode has like the trio of like, um, you have Ezrin and Callum at odds over whether or not to trust Rayla. You have Ezrin and Rayla briefly at odds. You have Callum and Rayla being like very firmly at odds. And so, oh, Claudia. And so then you have like all those sorts of things going on. And I just think that they're all really interesting. And then obviously you have, you know, Rayla, Claudia, and Soren tend to have very similar arcs because Rayla is still functioning um, by, com- by entering the story as an antagonist the kind of the way that like they're both foreshadowed to be and so it's kind of like they are both told secret tasks or secrets and then they struggle whether or not to tell each other and they ultimately don't and then you know where that leads eventually um and then you have jesus and then you have cow and then you have really keeping secrets from the boys but she eventually does tell them and so yeah it's just really interesting and again like 
Viren wasn't even going to say anything other than this before Claudia brought it up as some really weird, morbid joke. And it's just like, why the fuck would you joke about that in the first place? And like, Viren takes his time in answering too. And I just think it's really interesting to see like this evolution to where he is in season three where he is still <sighs> like for fuck's sake but again it's like Viren didn't ask that of her without prompting and again i think that's really important and interesting and soren still doesn't know that Viren even had that see callum's gonna be pissed on his baby brother's behalf because that's who he is as a person I love the delivery so much, and I love the symbolism here so much of, like, Rayla on the ledge and then Callum going out to see her because he's determined to be on equal footing. He wants the personal reason. He wants her to say, I don't take it because you're my friends and I trust you. But she doesn't. She just gets political, and that's not what he wants. And so he goes off. Yeah. But also, like, their growth from this that they get in season three and just, mm, so good. Then what's stopping you? And, like, that's a dangerous question to ask because, like, she could say, you know what, there isn't anything, and just fucking ditch them. And, like, it's just so telling. And, like, thank you, Ezrin. He's like, I will put you in your get-along shirt. And I do like how Calum and Rayla still glance at each other afterwards. Like, are we going to fight later? Yeah, babe, don't worry. I got you. You know, like, it just cracks me up. And again, that, like, Ezrin is able, like, this is the elven-human divide over the, the divide the dragons caused. And Ezrin's able to see through all of it and to see the danger it could pose. And I think that will continue to be a, that's a thread in his character throughout. You know, he is the peacemaker. Um... Yeah, this would be this would be horrifying. And Ezrin tumbles. Why aren't they carrying bait actually? Like there's no way bait can bait outrun Ezrin? I guess so. And then like the second she's in pain, Calum is just worried, but like she's still in charge of making sure that Ezrin's okay. And again, it's like once Calum knows he can trust her with his little brother, he's willing to be like, okay, you know. And again, like, this is so smart and clever, and I love this for him. And I wonder if there's a spell you could do that can elongate how long you can breathe in general. Because again, like, he didn't have enough, and like, nobody would, honestly. But I wonder if there's a way to help with that for a spell like this. Or if that's just one of the set kind of, like, limitations. Um, roly poly holy. Yes, Callum, good boy. And he sees Rayla's okay. He sees her legs. Is everyone okay? Looked at her ass. It's fine. Um, and Rayla's just pissed. And then Ezra's like, oh, I didn't even think about the fact I'm going to have to be all scared and sad for Ezra because they hold on it for so long. Oh, he's so precious. This is the fucking worst, man. Oh, like, look at his little face! He's so worried! He doesn't deserve this! Fuck, am I gonna cry? I might already cry. I just love Ezrin so much. And the fact that Soren stress eats, it's like, no wonder him and Ezrin are gonna get along well with the jelly tarts. Hey, Silver Bear. What's wrong? 
And I think I think of characters Bait, Soren, and Ezra are the only characters we actually see eat jelly tarts. And then we know oh and Sarai. I wasn't sure if we just knew that she loved them, but we hadn't actually seen her eat one on screen, but we do. And so like that's a fun thing where it's like that being said, I will say that like I found Sword and Claudia to be the weakest part of season one. I was the least interested in their characters, and some of the comedy didn't always land for me. Um, this scene would probably fall under that, where it's not like my favorite, but it is like important, and it still works. And like it again, it's really important for later for seeing the sibling bond and like those sorts of things and whatever. Um, you know, and it would feel weird if they didn't try and tell each other at all. Like, that's also important. I swear to God, this is foreshadowing for Soren specifically rather than just Viren, you know? Because obviously she brings him back. Jeez. But, like, yeah, I don't know. There's something in season one where it's like they don't always work through 100%, but they do in season two and they definitely do in season three. And I just always appreciate that. Um, yeah. And like how Gabriella hesitates because of the water. And I love so much that we actually see Callum get down and distribute his weight properly and cross over. And like, again, the scenery here is so good. And like, this is such an important choice because like, Rayla hasn't given any real answer that Callum didn't already know. And he decides, I know you're still hiding something. I don't know what it is. I'm going to apologize. I'm gonna trust you anyway. I'm gonna call you my friend to your face, which she hasn't done. And it's because Callum makes this bid for connection, because he's pushed at her in the past, she's guilty enough to actually start communicating. You know, if he hadn't tried at all, and again, he's like, you don't have to do this. And like, you know, Rayla can get tunnel vision in general. But again, this is what feels right to do, even if it's not the most logical thing to do. And I love that Ezrin gets this moment to just, like, consider what she's doing for him and to, like, look at her and to nod and, like, those sorts of things. Like, I think that's really important. And, like, for Callum, like, that thank you is so soft because it's, like, he knows now what she's willing to do, and that makes all the difference. And I also like how Callum, again, like, he so doesn't care about these things now, even though he was consumed by them earlier. And I love that she said, like, his name specifically, and then obviously the egg goes in the water, and they, and I love the way that shot parallels the egg dropping in, like, the season one intro. And I love their, they're gonna hold hands one day. And I love the, like, bickering, and also the fact that Ezrin is keeping things together, and that you see Callum through scenes like this and over the course of the show, put Ezra and Real on the same sort of tier of like, Callum will always go after his brother, he will always go after her. And I love that you could tell that Callum is like angry and stressed, but mostly he's scared. And I think it speaks volumes that he trusts her enough to be like, okay. And like Real uses Ez for the first time. And I, again, like that's also very telling because um, at this point, only Callum and Claudia have used it, so it never does. Um, and again, like, they hold on this for so uncomfortably long, it makes me so sad. And it's so kind of, like, horrifying. And, like, 
Callum doesn't deserve this and Velos knows that this is his last family even if he doesn't and it's like it's so sad but I love again that Callum is just in shock and sadness and he's not angry and I think that speaks volumes as well and like I have a lot of ideas about like the dragon prince having dichotomies of death seeking or death obsession versus life giving and how like Brayla's binding kind of straddles that dichotomy and like so does her relationship with like Ezrin in some ways because Ezrin and Callum are life givers and her and Claudia are death seekers and like I'll write a meta one day and I love that they all work together to get him out and just and like they don't even care about the egg they're just focused on him and like Jack just said it always makes me cry like a little bitch here it's fine Oh and it's like Ezrin, you're so fucking precious. I love you. Like he's so cute. Oh, the first group hug. I'm so emo. And I like again, like Ezrin now notices the egg first, and like just all those sorts of things. I don't know. There's just something about it that's just so interesting to me, and like. We're gonna watch the credits because the credits are a part of the show. Oh, so we have baby Claudia and Soren and with Viren, and yeah, that's telling. We have another drawing set. We know Callum's gone of Claudia, which I think is cool. We have Ezrin going after the egg, which we know in the novelization he felt like his mother was helping to guide him, so that's really sweet. We have another one of Claudia with a bug with a wasp butt, I guess. We have Bait drinking the Moonberry juice. How do you get the cork off? I guess he must be able to grab. And then we have Soren and Bait hanging out. Because I do think that Bait's probably in more end credit art than almost any other character, which makes sense. Um, and Ezrin and Bait are in a lot of the art together. Like, I feel like Ezrin might be in the most art out of any of the characters, but I would have to do a count eventually. Eventually I will, because I would like to do a compilation post of, like, Ezra plus end credit art for arc one or something like that um because there's there's like 20 right there's 27 episodes and there's like four or five pictures for each one that's like over a hundred pieces of art am i crazy yeah that's well over a hundred pieces of art um either way you slice it and so if it's like four or five and so yeah that would be interesting yeah i really want to do this i might do this expect a uh if I make a Tumblr post and it's all the Ezrin art that uh, Ezrin's in, that's how you know when this episode was recorded because it probably won't go out today because I just posted an episode today. So it'll go out later. Um, but yeah, but this episode's one of my favorites. I think it's really interesting for the way that you can clearly see that it's an episode in conversation with episodes like um, 304 in particular in season three which I've already done uh, episode commentary for, but just kind of like the way Cal and Rayla's relationship evolves between those episodes because like it's the same issue. Rayla is upset or in pain about something, but she won't talk about it. And what this one, Cal doesn't know that it's her own pain, so he doesn't know what to think, but he still pushes. And then even before he knows what it is, he's like, we have more important things going on and I trust you even though it might not go well because I care about you and I want I want to trust you so I'm choosing to even if I don't know that I should I'm choosing 
to be your friend and I'm choosing to care about you. And he does that. And then of course she, she can't handle it anymore. And she has her breaking point, literally. Um, it's kind of Callum working through the, the walls she has up, the ice that she has around herself um, in some ways. And then you have 304 where it's a really similar conflict of like Rayla doesn't want to talk. Callum tries to get her to on two or three different occasions. Um, yeah, because he tries. He tries three times in 304. And he tries three times here before he makes one more attempt for connection. And she actually, again, she gives it. Um, and again, it's also her breaking point. This is This is her consistent thing. She doesn't talk when she needs to. Sometimes she does, but most of the time she doesn't. And then she finally has her, you know. And then as well as like this episode of 304 for Ezra's arc are also very similar because you have him sacrificing his power, his life, um, exercising the last of his agency to try and save somebody else and trusting that somebody else will then save him in turn. If he takes the risk, somebody else will repay him for that and will help him for that. The other soldiers it could have chosen not to follow Viren, and then Viren wouldn't have an army, at least not from Catullus. Um, and then you obviously see here where it's like he goes after the egg, and he can't get out of it by himself. So Rayla, in particular, bails him out the same way that Soren bails him out of jail later. Um, and then Rayla and Callum both work together to help him. And so again, I think it's really interesting to see the way that episodes kind of retread the same territory but in such new dressing you wouldn't maybe recognize it at first and then they just grow and you can really see how much the characters themselves have grown but they still are consistent they still feel like themselves and i think that's really interesting um and i have like 20 more seconds of this episode so i'm just gonna say thank you for listening i hope you guys enjoyed um next episode will be 107 and dragons out peace